four days from now, the onslaught of daylight savings time will shift all circadian rhythms an hour to the right. Until then, this is the last week of winter, and things continue to warm up. It's Wednesday, March 10th, 2021, and we're marching along with another installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, for another look at what's happening and what's happened. Thanks for joining me today. On today's program, a quick update on the pandemic. Lots of transportation news and other information from the Thomas Jefferson Planning District. Charlottesville City Council takes a first crack at next year's fiscal budget. Today's Patreon-fueled shout-out is for the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Campaign, an initiative that wants you to grow native plants in yards, farms, public spaces, and gardens in the Northern Piedmont. Native plants provide habitat, food sources for wildlife, ecosystem resiliency in the face of climate change, and clean water. Start at the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Facebook page and tell them that Lonnie Murray sent you. And here's that quick update on the pandemic. All metrics continue to trend downward, except for the number of fatalities. The Virginia Department of Health has been slowly catching up with death certificates from the post-holiday surge, and 9,849 people are recorded to have died from COVID. There have been 189 deaths in the Blue Ridge Health District. And while the number of new cases each day has declined, they are still high. Today, there were another 1,246 cases reported. Today, there is a long line once again at the former Kmart, where the Blue Ridge Health District is administering COVID vaccinations, presumably for the hundreds of people who got their first doses on February 17th. According to the VDH dashboard, 18% of Virginians have received at least one dose. Governor Ralph Northam acknowledged that milestone yesterday. We've achieved the aggressive goal we set back in January. Back then, as you remember, just a few weeks ago, our goal was to get to 25,000 shots a day, and we accomplished that. We set our long-term goal to get everyone vaccinated by this summer would be 50,000 shots a day, and we have achieved that. The seven-day average is currently 50,877 shots a day. This week, the Centers for Disease Control issued new guidance that allows people who have had all of their shots to be able to gather indoors with others who are also protected by the vaccine. This is just very hopeful and optimistic news. It's a small step forward, but it's an important one. Still, the pandemic remains with us. On Monday, the Virginia Department of Health announced the South African variant of the COVID virus has been found in their central region. The B1351 variant, which first emerged in South Africa in late 2020, is associated with increased person-to-person transmission of COVID-19. At this time, there is no evidence that infections with this variant cause more severe disease. I'll have more from the press conference and the pandemic in a future program. For many of us, the pandemic has meant working from home. When this time ends, many of us may be looking for a different way to get to and from our workplace. On March 4th, the person who runs a service that seeks to get people out of their cars told members of the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission about her work. Sarah Pennington explained Rideshare. We are a program that was established actually in 1980 at Jaunt uh, through the Virginia Department of Rail and Public Transportation to provide carpool and vanpool matching services and support. 
Uh, the program later moved over to the TJPDC. And then in 2009, we expanded our coverage to include the Central Shenandoah Planning District Commission. So we kind of work in conjunction with um, our folks across the mountain. Rideshare also offers a guaranteed ride home program to give people who may have to get home at a different time the occasional option when there are sudden changes of plans. Um, that is a great comfort and what we always hear as the first deterrent that keeps folks from uh, taking that alternative transportation. Rideshare also assists with helping companies with teleworking logistics and is currently conducting a survey to gauge interest in co-working. Pennington said Rideshare has continued to operate during this last year. Even though things this year have been weird with the pandemic, there are still some folks who are going into work and who may still need those commute services. So none of that has stopped. Um, but we have pivoted a lot of our direction and especially our resource and information sharing into the field of telework. In other information from the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission meeting from March 4th, the TJPDC is currently working on several transportation studies, including a small area plan for Zion Crossroads and a look at the U.S. 29 corridor north of Airport Road in Albemarle County to U.S. 33 in Greene County. Jessica Hirsch-Ballering is a transportation planner. So the overall purpose of this corridor study is to develop broad transportation recommendations that complement the existing land use designations in the study area. There are several new developments either under construction or in the planning stages in both Albemarle and Green. The TJPDC is also supporting efforts to expand non-motorized infrastructure. Sandy Shackelford is the Director of Planning and Transportation, the um, expansion of the Virginia Capitol Trail from Richmond through our region, um, through, through the Charlottesville area and even west into Stanton. Shackelford said the current task is to identify an alignment for such a trail. It could be right now kind of looking at maybe some of these are on-street connection points with a goal into the future to maybe have a set-aside shared-use path kind of facility. But that, that, that's what they're starting to work towards now. Shackelford said her staff also supports the Regional Transit Partnership, which is at the beginning stages of creating a regional vision for public transportation. At the end of the TJPDC meeting, commissioners had the chance to give updates on what's happening in their community. City Councilor Michael Payne said new city manager Chip Boyles is settling in. The major thing for us in Charlottesville, especially over the next year, is really <laughs> rebuilding our organization and getting it to a better place. You know, Chip has entered on with a daunting task, but um, perhaps not surprisingly to some of the people here, a lot of positive work has started. And um, I'm optimistic that we're moving into a much more stable place. Payne also mentioned that the city is considering a one-cent sales tax to help cover the costs of reconfiguring the schools, which has a placeholder of $50 million in the Capital Improvement Program budget. Such a tax would also require approval from voters in a referendum after passage of enabling authority at the General Assembly. And all that revenue would go strictly to uh, school facilities. You know, what we've heard from our representatives is It'll, it'll be much more likely to happen and happen quicker if we have a groundswell of many localities saying um, this would be a useful power for us to have. 
Louisa County recently banned the practice of people asking others for money within medians. Bob Babiak is the board's chair. On Monday, 1 March, we also approved the panhandling prohibition. So no more panhandling in Louisa. Jesse Rutherford of the Nelson Board of Supervisors told the TJPDC that there's a lot of activity happening in that county. Here in Nelson, we have a lot of, of opportunity coming as it relates to revitalization of Lovingston, and hopefully we're going to get some good efforts moving forward on some housing development. Nelson County currently has a population of about 15,000, according to the most recent estimates from the Weldon Cooper Center for Public Service at the University of Virginia. Rutherford also raised an important issue worth considering as the pandemic recedes. You know, we haven't had foreclosures in almost a year. Um, Since March, there's been a prohibition on uh, any foreclosure that is related to a loan that's insured by the federal government. So, which sets a very dangerous, very dangerous precedent, um, potentially this summer, when that foreclosure ban is raised. Certainly an issue to know more about. The moratorium in Virginia is currently scheduled to end on June 30th. Finally today, Charlottesville City Council began their review of City Manager Chip Boyle's recommended fiscal budget for fiscal year 2022. We'll provide once again the recommended balance budget, balance budget of $190,689,839. Included in this recommended budget are several identified council priorities of affordable housing, racial equity, safety and security, workforce development, as well as investment in our employees. The budget will be adopted in about five weeks after a series of work sessions, and after that, work will begin on updating the city's strategic plan as a first concrete step toward creation of a budget for fiscal year 2023. Senior Budget Management Analyst Chrissy Hamill detailed some of the council priorities. For racial equity, we are fully funding the Deputy City Manager of Race, Equity, Diversity and Inclusion, the Home to Hope Program, the Food Equity Initiative, the Office of Human Rights, in addition to the city's minority business activities. A request to fully fund the Police Civilian Review Board at $350,000 has been granted. Other requests, however, were not included in the budget. There is no pay raise for employees, for instance. An open issue is whether to fulfill the school system's full budget request, which does include a pay raise. Hamilton offered various scenarios, and the council continued to discuss the matter. You can watch that meeting from the link that's included in the newsletter. And that's it for this edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. I really thank you for listening. I'd like to give a quick shout out to everybody so far who has made a financial contribution, which allows me to produce this as often as I can. There's a lot more coming this week, and we are about to hit the one-year anniversary of the predecessor to this program, the Charlottesville Quarantine Report. You might be interested in going back and listening to that from the beginning to sort of track and trace how we got to this moment from where we were a year ago when everything changed. And I look forward to documenting whether we change back or what happens in the future as we continue to march on through 
this year. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and I'll be back tomorrow with another installment. In the meantime, you know what to do. And it rhymes with Bray Brave. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.